0: Log Talk Radio
1: Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three,
2: two, one, zero. <laughs>
3: you
4: Actually, well, typically sometimes we'll get back to the two hour mark, uh, but we definitely Are at the solid 90 minute mark, which is where we are today, man, oh man, we have got Just some stuff to talk about, you know, Rick Regan, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's out on the river today, he wanted To get his boat out one more time, and so he's not going to be able to join us, I think He likes me running solo, so that's okay I can run solo and I can run around him all day long and I can I can talk bad about the Notre Dame fighting hires and their loss to Cincinnati. You know, and, and we're going to get into this conversation here in just a minute, but you, you know, Cincinnati, you would think, would be a... I mean, they won one of their biggest games in school history last week. Still... Uh, May not make the playoffs. We'll see what happens. Also, big action out in San Francisco last night. Shut out the the Dodgers. Can I say that I'm happy about that? Yes, only because of the association with the Dodgers putting the Cardinals out of the um, uh, playoff scenario, if you will. So it's the Dodgers, the Giants, last night in San Francisco get into that great 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 ending to that that game and a rookie on top of that also you may have heard about a little bit of story called about with urban meyer he's a ladies man he's out there in the bars messing around with women i got spend a lot of time on this story i don't even know why we are here's the thing i mean she didn't look like she was in any kind of distress We're not talking about a Me Too movement. Poor choices, yes. We're talking about poor choices. But we're also talking about a legendary football coach. We're also talking about somebody who has a lot of money in a bar. Those things happen. What I don't understand is the distraction that it's causing and creating for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars have enough on their plate to worry about. So some poor choices were made, at best. So we'll talk a little bit about that, get get that out off of our thing. And then we'll get into college football talk. College football, uh, going into week six, talk a little bit about what's going on in the SEC, uh, talk a little bit about Notre Dame going out to Virginia Tech, again, uh, repeating the the, the thoughts about the playoffs with Cynthia. are they going to be able to make it or not? Ohio State against Maryland today. Uh, <clears throat> we missed Adam today, and I know he's got some things going on, and but we appreciate him, and our thoughts and prayers are with him as well. And then at Tony Johnny Tony D podcast, is going to be joining us at the top of the hour here to talk some racing. We have an IndyCar champion, so we're going into the IndyCar. Uh, funny season if you will and then we're gonna be finishing up our season here with nascar steve wilson taking some family time today uh not gonna be able to join us but that's okay it's a long season i tell you what you don't get a lot of time to so take it while you can take it is the way i look at it so tony Don, who's gonna be joining us help us that uh, break down the racing what's going on in racing and then also um uh, okay. Uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles NSI.com, our official NASCAR contributor, and brings us in and talks that he's going to be flying out to Charlotte this afternoon uh, to get ready for that game tomorrow, which in a lot of ways is a must-win for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they need to put some dots together and to make it happen. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente, back on the other side, 917 16 is my digits.
1: You see.
2: The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be a far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
0: When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, Swedish techno confusing.
3: Fuck, bock, meow, meow.
0: makes it easy with 24 7 access all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance it just makes sense unlike you know dance with me purple cow i like your mood when you don't go to geico.com car insurance can be hard like early 90s heavy metal hard. i'm
1: yelling and screaming
0: Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not
4: even upset about
5: anything! Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well.
6: Oh,
1: hi. Uh i seen on the board. Do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, I don't, I don't, you know, Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. you know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian... Oh, well, let me finish.
0: You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to
1: order it then
0: make it freshly yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee.
1: It's good.
4: Black Rifle Coffee, got mine right here beside me here in the Balance Studios, high atop the the, uh, the the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. So good to be with you on an October. We are first Saturday in October. We are officially into Q4. You know, we're ready to, are we ready to wrap up this year? I'm not quite ready. I am not quite ready. Got some Halloween candy over the weekend and got some things going on with that. We'll, we'll have some, maybe some kids stop by. Nothing too exciting. You know, we, we, without Halloween there because of COVID and, you know, it's just, I don't know, is, is, is trick or treating as prevalent as it used to be? I, I really couldn't tell you. I don't have kids that age. I see kids going around and, and, and to go into the store, you would think that they would have. All the candy out there. So it's out there. But I was a little disappointed that I'm going to have to go on an Oak Island search today. A little plug to that show. If you've not watched it, check it out. For some Oreo cookies with the orange stuff in the middle. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Can't have Halloween without that. So, you know, it's that time of year. The leaves are changing. It's fall. It's the, it's the month of my birth. So, you know, October is probably one of my, my favorite months. But more importantly than that, we get to talk about some college football. Also, October brings uh, Major League Baseball. So a lot going on in the month of October. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with Urban Meyer. Let's get this over with <laughs> so we can... Can we can we just go on, okay, uh, you know, there was some poor judgment here there there was what's you know, it is what it is. i don't I don't know that it's, it's it has to be as if it wasn't for social media, and believe me, we use it in a firm believer of social media ourselves. if it wasn't for social media, half of this stuff would just not be an issue. Now, Urban made some bad choices in a bar with a female. Okay, no getting around that. You know, he's married to Shelley Meyer, and that's a well-known uh, wife of which is now the Jacksonville Jaguars coach, Urban Meyer. Uh, basically, addressed her husband's conduct briefly and said on Twitter that uh, she thanked her followers and support her, people who supported her, but uh, you know. Uh, She's not going to use the the platform as as a platform of hate, and you know basically we all make mistakes, we're all sinners. If you think you aren't, then cast the first stone. Hence, now you understand the bumper music going out of the dialogue segment of the show. She said, "Thank you, friends, followers, fans, supporters, for all the love, fun, laughs." Uh, over the years, God bless, and God bless America. Peace out, Shelly. Well, first of all, Shelly, never say peace out. Come on. Of course, this all happened after the video emerged of Urban Meyer, who is, by the way, winless in four games as a, as a rookie head coach of the NFL franchise. So, so let's talk about that. Now, there's, there's something we should be talking about, uh, Urban Meyer. Hence our, our title. Urban Meyer puts a whole new spin on the hot seat. And Urban Miles says, you know, I own it. I was just stupid. But I should not have to prove myself in that kind of a position. I mean, okay. I'm sorry, I should not have have put myself in that that type of position. So you're right. But let's get on with the football talk. Let's talk about why you have had the number one pick and one of the the, uh, probably the premier uh, quarterbacks to come into the league in a long time. He needs a haircut, but you, you're 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 wasting his talent away. So let's let's see what happens with Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are the Jacksonville Jaguars in a position to say Urban, we're gonna? If, if, I mean, how much longer can this go on? One's not going to have anything to do with the other. Let's let's just okay. It is what it is. Okay, we all. Have, well, I, I won't say we all, but have, there are. It's it's easy to understand how um, that can, scenario can happen. Now, like Urban Myers said, he should have never put himself in that position, and I should have never put myself in this position to be talking about this story for so long. if we want to talk about the winless uh, Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars and the, wasting the talent of Trevor Lawrence, and by all means, we can, we can do that. If you want to call in, 917 is the digits to do that. But like I said, time to get on to some more stuff happening in October. The San Francisco Giants almost the 49ers there, see? It's all running together in my brain. Speaking of things running together in my brain, I was informed that I said that Ed Kratz was our official NASCAR contributor. I think the only thing he knows about NASCAR is they they turn, and they have advertising, and they go fast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he's our official NFL contributor and beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. So my error, my fault, my fault on that, but uh, he'll be joining us, so that was kind of what we were talking about. Well, the much-anticipated first postseason meeting between the Giants and the Dodgers ended with a dominant 4-0 win in San Francisco, Game 1 in the National League Division Series, which was led by a stellar performance by right-hander Logan Webb. Second game tonight uh, in San Francisco on TBS. You can catch it at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. In my real job, you may have heard me talk about this before. In my real job, I know, but uh, we're based in the in the Bay Area, even though I, I live here in Indianapolis. Um, but a lot of lot of Giants fans there. I saw some pictures uh, that uh, some of them were at the game last night. Really uh, a, a big uh, uh, supporting there. So for that aspect, you know, go Giants. Uh, the other aspects, well, we know with the Dodgers and, and the Cardinals, you know, how that ended up, and the Cardinals blew it away. But, you know, I, the, the buck has to stop somewhere. It's stopping with the Dodgers with me. Uh, web top seven and two-thirds scoreless innings, Duelling, Walker Bueller, who allowed three runs over six and the third innings on uh, tonight. The, the, the Giants will be looking to take a commanding 2-0 series, lead in in the right-hander, Kevin Gossman, takes the bump. Uh, The the Dodgers, on the other hand, will look to even the series before before heading back to L.A. by sending left-hander Julio Arias on the mound. So, you know, we're going to be keeping our eyes on the MLB, on the games, on the MLB. Of course, what we do also know happened big news this week, the um, Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees, Red Sox came out on top on that and uh, certainly uh, elevated them to a position out of the playoffs with the Rays. Had a great game yesterday against the Rays. And, you know, a lot of people thought Tampa Bay Rays were going to be in a situation to, to win the World Series, uh, to win the Fall Classic, but not a good start for the Tampa Bay Rays at home. My, uh, so uh, the, the Red Sox taking a one, uh, the series is tied one-to-one. Red Sox won yesterday 14-6. to the White Sox. We'll talk a little bit about the White Sox here coming up with Tony Donahue. He's a Sox guy from up in the region. Uh, but uh, they, they folded the Astros 4-9. Ross keeping her eyes on this Braves-Brewers series. Uh, certainly uh, Rick Regan, big Braves fan as well. So a lot going on uh, this week and this weekend in, in sports. So let's just uh, dive right into it, if you will. We've got Ohio State. Uh, and, and Maryland. You know, we're talking about Ohio State for a lot of reasons because there's certainly a a key, a a key team to watch in college football, but in the Big Ten. But we're also seeing some other teams emerge, teams like Penn State, teams like Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, teams like Iowa. So, so there's a lot going on in the Big Ten. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll talk about IU. We're not going anywhere. IU is going to do what IU does. Is there a foot, they're not a football team. They've got some potential. They've got some really good potential, but they have got to figure it out. And it it might be too late. There's certainly it's not too late for them to go to a bowl game. That much we, we we're 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 in agreement on. But we're they've certainly got to figure something out if they're going to uh, do anything. But they're not going to the playoffs. So let's talk a little bit about. Uh, um, Ohio State and Maryland. Now this could be kind of a, a sneaky, scary uh game today. It's 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 really time for the next step of the journey for the Ohio State football team. And and they've kind of struggled. We will have we we could have conversations as if them either are gonna be able to get in the playoffs. And also Notre Dame with their loss last week to Cincy. Cincy, are they gonna be able to get in the playoffs? So the Buckeyes look like a team searching for answers across multiple fronts through the first three games. But in the last two games, they've shown a lot of improvement. So, and that's really one of the things that Ohio State does. But, you know, here's the thing. I, Ohio State's defense is going to force, you know, at least four turnovers. Now, how does, how does Maryland come back from that? We'll we'll see how how that plays out. Now, am I saying that Maryland's going to beat Ohio State? No, I'm, I'm not saying that. Uh, but it's it's going to be just a, a a good game. But there could, it could be sneaky scary because if Maryland can figure out a way to stop the run, to stop the pass, and really on all fronts uh, take care of Ohio State, they can keep this this game close. Um, so we'll we'll see how how that, that plays out. Big Ten, what's happening in the Big Ten? Uh, of course, we talk about Big Ten because we, that's our, our homework card. Uh, but uh, we got some games going, coming on this week. Uh, again, we just talked about Maryland and Ohio State. I think everybody's in agreement. There might be a few people out there that think that, that Maryland can beat Ohio State. Now, I think that Maryland can keep Ohio State to a ballgame. But if they don't do it quickly, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly quick. Uh, so, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Michigan State, Rutgers. Now, here's a game that I find very interesting, especially with what's been going on with the Rutgers' uh, success. Their resume is slowly building within the, uh, the Big Ten. And I, I'm going to add the S. Uh, I've got a friend of mine he always calls it Rucker because he said they've not earned the S. <laughs> I will call them Rutgers because I think they've earned the 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 S, the, uh, and this is going to be a, a good matchup. Michigan State at Rutgers, you know, I think certainly the common feel is you know that Michigan State will win, but honestly, just like I said about Maryland, I think Rutgers has enough in them to keep this one close. I mean, Ohio State is Ohio State, so, you know, there is that to, to, to talk about. I, I, I just think that Michigan State still has – they come out on the, on, the, on the side of experience. Now, Rutgers, again, all credit to them. I, I think they're moving in the right direction. They're certainly moving in the right direction within the Big Ten, which is not typically as strong as it typically is and has been in the past, especially with um, teams like Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State. Uh, speaking of Wisconsin, Wisconsin now out, out of the Illinois Fighting Alumni. Uh, this one is pretty solid W for the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, I, I could see some things, uh, you know, one, one would hope that Illinois is, is bad enough to make Wisconsin not fall apart in the fourth quarter of this one. But we'll find out. At this point, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you don't blindly pick Wisconsin uh, to cover or at least to cover on this one, I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't see any scenario that comes to mind. There, as, as we proved early on in the show, my mind doesn't always work the way it's supposed to. <laughs> here's here's one that I'm looking at carefully as well: Penn State at Iowa. Iowa Haw- Hawkeyes, they're at home. Penn State's number four. Iowa's number three. Iowa's 10-9. And, and And then up against the spread, Penn State is 10-9. and nine. Uh, So this is going to be a very good game. Now, I, I, this would be one of the big 10 slug tests of the game. I mean, by virtue of being a 2.5 spread, you have to pick Penn State to win outright. I mean, don't you? I'm not I'm not uh, the guy to come to for voodoo magic on how to pick over a ranked team. Uh, If I had, I would have figured out a way for Indiana to beat (laughs) Penn State, but (laughs) we won't. (laughs) Excuse me. We won't. We won't go there. Uh, so look for Iowa just to – I mean, Penn State, I'm sorry, just to come out and make it happen. Michigan uh, is out at Nebraska. Nothing to see here. Jim Harbaugh and the Khaki Army moves forward to another win. Uh, so that's what that's what we got going on in the Big Ten. And so, you know, we talk about the playoff scenarios. We were talking about, you know, they probably had one of their biggest wins of – their year of their of their of their history beating Notre Dame at home but still may not be ready for the playoffs you know for most college football programs the season is really about the journey uh, and you know to see how that that happens we'll see what happens of course we've got a lot of action going on here in Indianapolis this year so here's here's some of the things. If you're a team, win your Power 5 conference, and you're in if you're unbeaten. Of course, it, we like chaos on this show. It would take some sort of historical weirdness for all five Power 5 conference champs to go unbeaten. Realistically, you're almost certainly fine if you win your Powerhouse conference and finish with one loss. Now, that puts us at uh, the 2018 Ohio State is the first and only one to be left out. Notre Dame screwed things up there. Be a one-loss Power 5 team. That rolled through the other wins and losses to a superpower back in 2020, Texas A&M and Alabama, and probably deserved to be in. But that wasn't because Notre Dame screwed that, that up. Be Notre Dame and go undefeated. Uh, that's not going to happen because Cincinnati, through us, spoke in that or lose the a- ASCC championship in, in one strange season as a true conference partner. So there still is a path for Notre Dame to get in the playoffs. There's a path for Ohio State to get into the playoffs. Uh, but certainly they're going to get, you know, they're going to be in a New Year's table. Okay, so we're not really worried about that. Uh, so there's all kinds of we could get into, uh, and we'll get do this as we get closer to uh, as we get closer to the playoffs. Uh, but there's a lot of scenarios. But right now, I see a lot of scenarios that don't put Cincy in the playoffs, even after beating Notre Dame at home. I don't think they're ready uh, for the playoffs. Notre Dame goes to uh, Virginia today to play Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, actually, the uh, fun fact here, when I went to the game a few years ago, up there in Notre Dame, they play Virginia Tech and Virginia Tech one. won. So they, they've got this back and forth uh, relationship. Virginia Tech and Notre Dame do. Uh, I think Notre Dame is in a position where, okay, Notre Dame is a lot like maybe Alabama and other teams. If if you bring us down, you better make sure you kill us because you're just pissing us off. And I think that's exactly what happened last week with, with uh, Cincinnati. There was a lot of flaws that were exposed to Notre Dame. And so I think they're just going to be ready. They're, it wouldn't matter who it was. I think at this point they, they could come in and beat Alabama. Of course, that's a stretch, but uh, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And, you know, we can talk for chalk as far as okay, who do we think is going to be in the playoffs? And remember, we got two more teams. We don't have four teams this year, so we've got the, the team uh, scenario that but Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Boring. No one wants another Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma uh, playoff system. So. Now, those other two teams, does that lie within uh, Notre Dame? Does that lie within Tennessee? Or does that lie within Oklahoma? Uh, there's, there's some scenarios to, to play out there. Uh, in the SEC today, real quickly, you know, Georgia travels to Auburn for a, a what it, what I consider its, fruit, its first true road test. So we'll see how, how that plays out and how that, that game uh, comes out. We'll be watching that as well but uh don't really have a lot more time to talk about that i wanted to spend a little bit more time talking about urban meyer i know you're disappointed y'all you can can you detect sarcasm in my voice <laughs> but i tell you what uh and you know what here's the thing i let you down i let you down I'll, we'll put it on twitter the uh university of nevada uh segment that we we have so much that we look forward to in our our show. I let you down. Maybe not on purpose or maybe was it. Uh but that's an ongoing joke and don't really have time to uh to uh explain it but we will explain it another time. My name is Tom Mark Watello, President Tony Donna who's coming up. We're gonna be talking some racing both NASCAR uh I mean IndyCar silly season. And NASCAR, as we wind down the 2021 season, get ready for a NASCAR championship. And still to come is Ed Kraft, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and our official NFL contributor. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
2: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
5: Morning, face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, morning. guys. Good morning. Good, morning. Good, morning. Good morning. What is oh. that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. <laughs> Stay back. I've got mates. Ow. They're my... Really- <laughs> We're moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
2: Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home.
5: Oh, hi.
0: Uh, hi. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee
1: here? No, I'm sorry, we only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, I don't you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le which of course, in the Indonesian, like, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes?
0: Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee.
1: So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any?
0: You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it, They make it fresh okay. and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee.
1: It's Good. <laughs>
4: back to the balance. Up y'all do have your Black Rifle coffee. Helps you get started. i tell you what, it's really good coffee. There's really not any, any kind of coffee that they don't have, whether you like those little cups or whatever. They got merchandise. The good thing about it is, that, and on the serious side, whenever you buy a bag of coffee, they give them back to back. So they give it to troops, first responders, and so forth. And I know a lot of people on military installations, and they have uh, Black Rifle coffee all there all the time they've got black rifle coffee uh, st- uh actual coffee shops on military bases so it's really a good opportunity to support troops and first responders during us now tony dono for the tony d podcast sorry sir
6: hey good morning
4: hey it's october can you believe it yeah it's uh it's,
6: it's here it's good to go we got a lot of a lot of things going on
4: Absolutely. Well, you know, we were just talking about Halloween candy. Uh, and the uh, Halloween stuff coming out. Now what's what's your favorite uh, Halloween candy? Is it candy corns? Come on, be honest.
6: No, I think candy corns are absolutely disgusting. Um I'll go with the What about function. if you put peanuts
4: in it? What about if you put peanuts no. in the mix? No, <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. So what's what's your go to Halloween candy?
6: I'll go Reese's pumpkins, or I'll go okay. with just uh, the the basic
4: twizzler, hey man, I love me some Reeses, that's for sure, but you know, it's not really a candy, but I, to try to get some of course I order everything offline they don't they don't have it, so I've gotta go get it. The Oreo cookies with the orange stuffs with the like the spider webs on it, like the spooky Oreo cookies, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, they do a different
6: one like almost every 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 year they do a different um... yeah,
4: it's like a different print on it. But I can't yeah. find them anywhere, so I'm going to go on a search oh, today man. to do that. And you know, hey, we we have a few kids come through the neighborhood, so I'll get some, I'll get some candy for the kids. You know, it's really more for me, but I don't have any kids at home, so you know, I gotta, I gotta pass it off that I'm buying it for trick. I don't, I don't even know trick or treat's a thing anymore. Is it a big thing? It used
1: to be when I was a kid,
4: but it seems like
6: it's not
1: anymore.
4: COVID and creeps may have uh, cost us trick or treating. That's true. Hey, real quickly, your White Sox in the playoffs. Can't say the same about my uh, uh, Cardinals. If there is justice in the world, what a great game and win that was for San Francisco over the Dodgers. But what do you think about your your White Sox uh, getting a little bit of a, a slow start, but they're there?
6: Yeah, I kind of knew what was going to happen. I mean, you get up 4-2 to two yesterday, and then you give up seven unanswered runs. They're just not. Capable of winning on the road in Houston, they're zero and six now. There this year, you know. Hopefully, you can come home tomorrow and Monday, and maybe snag two more wins to get this series back to two two. Then you go down to Houston, and anything's possible um, in an elimination game. But I just haven't looked good with runners in scoring position. Um, haven't been able to get the clutch outs when needed. You know, on on Friday, they 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 they, they kept uh, they kept Lance Lennon in a little bit too long. And then yesterday, you know, they explode for seven runs to win it nine to four. So uh, Houston's a really good team. They've, they've, it's, it's nine tough at-bats when you're playing defense. I mean, they come at you in so many different ways. I mean, Kyle Tucker came on a couple of years ago. Jose Altuve, as we know, was really good. Uh, Michael Brantley could hit the ball. So um, they, they have, their, they have a, deep, a deep
4: hole to dig out of, but we'll see if they're able to do it. Well, just be listening for the trash can drums when you're playing Houston. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Hey, let's talk about uh, NASCAR, and then we'll get into the funny, uh funny car season uh, with IndyCar. Certainly, great uh IndyCar season this year. We'll recap that Charlotte Roval this weekend. uh Talk with us a little bit. You know, I think well, you and I definitely know what a Roval is. It is what it says it is. It's basically a, a, a an oval and a road course. They 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 had a baby, uh so they call it a Roval. But how much of a difference does that actually play, whether or not they're on a road course or on a, or on an oval or the roble itself, as far as gameplay. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Charlotte this weekend.
6: Yeah, you know, the roble kind of came on, what, two or three years ago, um, brought excitement to this playoffs. I mean, if you can get out of Talladega like last week, last weekend, or really last Monday because it rained, um, you know, but the roble's fun if it rains, they'll still run it. Um, it's just it's something different, and, and you and I talked about this pretty much throughout the pandemic. And NASCAR has done a really good job over the last couple of years, kind of just trying new things, looking at looking at different ways of of, of taking really what it is these mile and a half ovals that are the same race, whether it's Texas or Atlanta or Charlotte, they're all the same track, and they're mixing it up. So uh, it's, it's usually a really good race. Uh, we saw some beating and banging a couple of years ago when Jimmy Johnson and Martin Truex Jr. got into it on the last turn and ended up uh, giving the win to Ryan Blaney. So um, it's just an ad element of excitement, and it's something that you know, you know we don't get to see as racing fans and NASCAR fans that often.
4: You know, let's talk a little bit about that win with Bubba Wallace last week in Talladega. Haters are going to be haters. You know, I thought it was a good win for Bubba. I, I mean, you know, he, he can't control the weather. I mean, come on, let's give the guy a little bit of credit here. But what, I, I guess I just don't follow the hype. I, it, was this because of the weather or because of the caution? I have to admit, I was doing a lot of multitasking last week. I did not see the, the checker flag, how it came down. But the way I understand it, it was just a, a kind of a rain caution checker uh, finish. But, uh, I mean, social media blew up, and, and you know, we, how much we got to depend on what social media says. But really thought that this Bubba Wallace race was fixed for a lot of reasons, and I think, well, that was a little bit of a ridiculous statement. But can, can you kind of give us a, some context around that?
6: Well, I mean, you go back to the last year when when the pandemic was happening and everybody was staying home and NASCAR, you know, traveled and it, and, and had races. And there was supposedly, you know, a noose hanging from Bubba's um, garage and, um, you know, Talladega very, very much, you know, Trump supporters, very, very, very southern red state. But I mean, look, here's here's the deal about the race. I don't want to get into the politics of it you gotta, yeah. you got to put yourself in a position to win. Uh, Justin Haley did this a couple of years ago to get his first career win. Uh, Michael Walter pointed Daytona 500. The trophy's still the same. The, the amount of money and points that he got is still the same. You've got to put yourself in position knowing that the rain is coming. So they had, they had a delay. They went back out and ran. And everybody kind of knew, okay, we're not really running, you know, to get to the lap 188 to find a lap. We're, we're, we're more so running to see, you know, who's going to be leading when the rain comes out. And, It started to rain. Bubba got himself to the front and in position, and he won. So, um, you know, people are going to say, "Oh, they gave it to him," but I don't think they did. Um, There was no way they're going to be able to get the get the get the race back started. So, great win for Bubba Wallace.
4: Yeah, I I thought it was, and and especially you know, in lieu of it all. Let's talk a little bit about t- t- today's Xfinity series. What are we looking for in there? Obviously, we're still in the middle. Uh, well, not in the middle. We're getting toward the end of the, the playoff uh, scenario. As we look at the X- Xfinity series, certainly we look at Justin Allgregor to be one of the, the key players to look at, A.J. Almenegger, A.J. Uh, AJ Haley, uh, and Austin Sendrick. What are your thoughts in that Xfinity uh, playoff bracket as we go into uh, today's race out in Charlotte?
6: Yeah, I mean, you, you know, when you think of road course races, Austin fendrick has been really good. He's got a lot of experience on road courses. He's won a lot of races on road courses, um, you know. And then you look at a guy like AJ Allmendinger. where the last time these Xfinity cars were on a road course was back at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and and he won. He won, you know, the the Cup race, and he ran well in the Xfinity race. You know, can can, can Justin Haley and AJ Allm- or and and AJ Allmendinger, you know, teammates work together? Um, and then Justin Allgaier, who isn't really known for his road course or roll racing, can he stay in the hunt and just make the right moves and not get taken out by anybody? Because a lot of times in these races, you know, when they go to when, when NASCAR goes to to road courses, sometimes these cars come back look all beat and banged up like they are at Bristol. So um, you got to stay out of your own trouble, but you also got you can't get caught up in somebody else's mess.
4: Let's talk about. Uh... Dale Jr.'s uh, protege and, and a guy he's bringing up through the ranks so we've really seen him develop, uh, and, and certainly uh, Dale's kind of put him under his wing, and that's Noah Gregson. I don't know if he's going to win the championship, but he's making his mark in NASCAR, and it won't be long before he's up in the Cup Series, uh, but w- when we look at Noah and his career and where he's at, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that
6: Obviously, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has taken under his wing, um, has Black Rifle Coffee as, as a sponsor. So there you go. Um, yeah, and he's coming back. There. You know, he, it's it's all about a learning experience. He, he is a guy that you kind of gotta 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 rein in a little bit. You know, he, he he can have a little bit of a temper on and off the track. And you know, under Dale Earnhardt's tutorage you, you, or Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s tutorage, you just learn that look. In order to win races and win championships, it's a week in, a week out process. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to win the championship in June. You're not going to lose the championship in June. Sometimes you're going to have bad races, but you just got to keep grinding. So, um, Noah will be good. I mean, he's back next year, so we'll see what happens.
4: So, if you were to take a stab at a championship uh, for the Xfinity Series, who, who would you be uh, going for?
6: You know, it seems like A.J. Allmendinger is um, uh, you know, a guy that you really got to look out for. I mean, he's, he's going to be good going to be good coming up here, and uh, we'll see. Um, you know, Daniel Hemrick is right there, too, and, you know, Almondinger's right there. But I'll go with Austin Sendrick. I mean, with five wins this year, he's really good. He's been consistent, 17 top fives. Um, I'll go with Austin Sendrick, but don't count out A.J. Almendinger.
3: Yeah,
4: absolutely. You didn't want to count out AJ A- 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 nigger So as we look at today's race out in Charlotte, Xfinity, uh, who has to do what? Tell us the breakdown if you're the crew chief in uh, the Xfinity series. And, you, and, and here's the other thing. I've talked to Steve about it. I think I've talked to you about it. You've got you've got uh, people like Ty Gibbs who's out there to play to win, you know, do what he's he doing. He's not going anywhere in the championships. How does he do things to keep out of the way that those that are – and still be competitive. There's that fine line that you you've got to race, and you got to be competitive. But there is that time in the race where you say, well, I've got nothing to gain here. And you do you see that scenario where you say, okay, if you're not in the top eight, you know you don't really get any special treatment. But should the top eight get some extra special treatment from other drivers on the track? You know, you don't want to
6: intentionally take somebody out and intentionally cost somebody a championship, but you also owe it to your team, you know, your, your sponsors, your future to run well and try to win races, regardless of that's battling hard with somebody who's in that top eight or not. I mean, it happens in cup as well. And, you know, everybody always says in NASCAR, what goes around comes around, you know, it's the WWE of racing. You can beat and bang and, and wreck somebody knowing that they're not going to get hurt. Um, so I think that you, you owe it to your team and your crew to go out there and, and race and, and, and try to win. Again, you don't want to intentionally, you know, take a risk on a last lap. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to go for it. And what goes around comes around. And, 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 and you don't know as a driver if maybe next year you're in that same position or you're in the top eight and somebody else is on the outside looking in and takes you out. So um, I, I think you just got to race the race in front of you and go for the win. Uh, you know, there's a lot of teammates out there as well that I think will help each other. But, um, you know, I, I think there will be a lot more give and take early in a race. You know, you don't want to be beating and banging and, and, and wasting your tires, you know, running for 10th place against against anybody early in the race. you got to save that for, you know, you, you got to save that for later in the race. So I think you just race the race normally. Um, don't do anything intentionally to scare anybody else up. And uh, just go for the win.
4: Let's talk about the uh, NASCAR... Uh, The Cup Series isn't on the track this weekend, or are they at Charlotte, too? Uh, I don't think there's a truck race
6: until Martinsville, if not mistaken.
4: I'm sorry. I said truck race. I meant cup race. Yep, Cup tomorrow on the road. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. So let's talk about that. Benny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, uh, Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Busch all round out the top eight above the line in the playoff standings in the Nascars uh, in in Charlotte. We got li- we got to like Chase Elliott in this. I mean, he's it's only been around for about three years and he's won two of them out there, I believe.
6: Yeah, he's always been great on road courses, which is which is kind of shocking to be honest I mean his his dad was okay on road courses in the 80s but um, Chase Elliott not a guy that you know grew up road course racing and he's definitely a favorite to mile Kyle Larson been able to pretty much win on any track that they've gone to this year Um, I'm interested to see what a guy like Brad Keselowski does you know he's going to Roush Fenway next year he's going to have part ownership in that team he's going to take over the sixth car how does he finish out his tenure at Penn is he a guy that just fades and you don't really hear from him or does he keep grinding and get a win and, and get into that Final Four? He'd get into that Final Four going into Homestead. Anything can happen. So uh, my eyes are on Brad Keselowski as well, just seeing how he finishes the tenure at Team Penske.
4: You know, uh, I ask you this, and I've asked Steve this, so we'll see if we can get a, a direct answer today. Are you in a position to pick a championship for the NASCAR Cup Series?
6: You know, I'm going to go with Larson right now. Uh, I think Larson <laughs> yeah. just, just has what it takes. He's... He's so good at he's so good at homesteading and, and it comes down to how you finish in that final race and homestead he's so good, he gets the top sign, gets that second groove going, get that second lane going. Um, and I think that he has the advantage going in if if he's in that final four he or in homestead I think that he will be.
4: Well, I tell you what, I'm rooting for Kyle Larson. I've not made any secret about that. I think this is a really good feel so good story. If he's if he wins the championship, it's great for the series. It's great for him. It's great for the fans. It's a win win for everybody. So I really am hope you're right with this with, with Kyle Carson. Uh Kyle Carson. Kyle Larson. Maybe I maybe I've got Carson Wentz on my mind there. Uh <laughs> Tony. <laughs> oh boy. well That's, a,
6: that's, a, that's another topic for Monday night.
4: Yes, I mean, what a great win, though, it was. I mean, you, you make jokes, okay, what happened to our Colts? Well, they were playing the Dolphins, come on. But how embarrassing would it have been to go down to Miami and get a loss go 4-0 to Jacoby I, I That almost would have been bigger news than Tom Brady going back to uh, New England and getting a win, so <laughs> there's no stopping yeah. that guy. I, but anyway, so let's they get were, into the – but... go, go ahead, I'm sorry.
6: Well, I'm glad they got themselves a win.
4: Yeah, I am, too. And a lot of people think, okay, well, now they've got their, their win out of the way. Let's let's go ahead and get ready for the draft picks. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the IndyCar funny season. Obviously, we had some action out at the track uh, this past week. At IMS obviously got a race. Uh, rookie uh, orientation, rookie stuff going on. The oldest rookie at the track yesterday, Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> uh so uh, what did you get a chance to go out there and check out any of that uh at the at the racing the rookie racing training goes out at the yeah. oval
6: yeah i mean so they had the rookie orientation program at the speedway between jimmy johnson and roman grosjean and uh you know despite it, it raining most of the day they got some laps and they didn't really they didn't fully complete their rookie orientation program, but. Um, they did indeed get some laps in, got up to speed, just around 215 miles per hour. Both drivers look smooth, um, and they'll get to redo it again in April. Or in April, When they come back, they'll finish their rookie orientation, and it looks like, it. even though it hasn't been announced yet, that Jimmy Johnson will indeed uh, be in the Indy 500 next year. Now will he be a full-time competitor, or will it just be – Road courses in the Indy 500 is what we're yet to see, and uh, we'll just go from there. It was a, it was it was a good little day out there on Wednesday the track, just to be able to see cars go around.
4: You know, let's talk about Alex Pillow. Uh Certainly, well-deserved championship from the be the 2021 IndyCar champion. He takes us into the the, the silly season. But Alex Palou, talk with us a little bit about his season, what got him to the championship.
6: Uh, you know, just consistency and being able to perform uh, at tracks that he's never even actually been to. You know, you think about that last leg of the of the championship out west when you go to P- Portland, Laguna Seca, Long Beach, and he ran well. He ran consistent, did what he needed to do, was second in Portland, like finished fourth in the, in, the, in the finale at Long Beach to clinch the championship. And, you know, you, you've got to have a – you've got to win a couple races, which he did. you got to have a great – finish you'd have a top five finish in the Indy 500 to be able to win the championship with double points and he ended up second and Leo won the race but Leo's on a full-time drive so he got max points for um you know he got max points when it comes to full-time competitors, and and that kind of that kind of boosted him to the win. You know, it was kind of back and forth throughout the summer, but then you know, he really turned it on. Was very consistent. Team was great behind him, and 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 that ended up getting him his first championship and only his second in second season in IndyCar.
4: Let's talk a little bit about, you know, certainly we got the Indy Light series. We don't talk a lot about them on, on this show, but that's actually how I met Pippa Man in his hinge clip and, 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 and I had a chance to talk with them when they were Indy Light drivers. I, I like watching these Indy Light drivers come up, and I really like watching them at, at the track. Uh, but I think there's one Indy Lights driver that are, or certainly I think gets a lot of attention and has been getting a lot of attention, and that's Linus quiz. I know I just butchered his last name. It's drawing a lot of interest. Do, are we going to see him in a... a uh, big time ride is coming up in the very near future yeah you know, there's
6: a there's a couple drivers that um are going to be moving up kyle kirkwood uh, Linus slunquest is one that possibly could get a ride um devlin di De francesco is going to be moving up as well um but kyle kirkwood seems to be the guy that's the guy that everybody um wants mm-hmm. it's the guy that everybody um, has their eyes on, and we'll see what happens. But uh, it was a great Indy Lights championship that wrapped up last week uh, over in Mid-Ohio. Um, super fun race, super fun season. And uh, we're going to see some new guys moving up into IndyCar next year. So um, I'd expect to see five or six rookies competing at the 500 next year, and uh, that's, that's, that, that shows how healthy the series is.
4: Let's talk about, you know, every year, this time of year, we talk about drivers staying, do they stay, do they go, do they retire? You know, and some of the names that, that we think about, Scott Dixon, who's accomplished everything. No need to think that he's going anywhere. Kamuda uh, Soto, and I messed his name up again, Ryan hunter Ray. those are all drivers who have uh, age on them and have been around racing for a long time in various different degrees and various different things. We think about uh, Ryan hunter reay you know, Simon Pagenaud Soto. Uh where do we think that any of any of those, is there gonna be any movement uh in those veteran leadership uh type driver positions, uh do we do we see anything like that happening in the funny season?
6: Yeah, Ryan Hunter raised kind of like the key to the silly season knowing where is he going to end up, you know, when you think about older drivers, um, he's certainly up there. But again, Scott Dixon and Takuma Sato and um, you know Simon Pagenaud, Will Power, these guys are in their 40s still getting it done. I mean, yes, there is a of young drivers that are up and coming, and and as we saw with Pello and Pato Award this year that can win races. But when it comes to the 500, I mean that's that's an old man's game. I mean, I think the youngest driver to win the Indianapolis 500 over the last 10 years is Alexander Rossi at 24 years old. Um, but outside of that, it's it's you know it's been it's been veterans that that have you know five to 10 starts to 500 underneath them it's Dario Franchitti it's Scott Dixon it's Elio it's Tony Kanaan it's Ryan Hunter Ray so uh, there still is the old adjective that the old guys can still get it done because they're still getting it done so we'll see what happens with Hunter Ray looks like Sato's going to end up with Dale Coyne racing in the
4: 51 and uh, all that's going to come to fruition here over the next couple of weeks. Well, certainly we look at one of the most covenant free agents, and that's Dale, Joe, Dale Coyne's racing Romain Grosjean. Zane, I messed that up. Every time I think I got it right, I messed it up. Obviously, he had great success here in Indianapolis this year. Does he stay with DCR? Um, no, Romain Grosjean uh,
6: has already announced uh, that he's going to okay. Andretti Autosport to be DHL number 28. That's what he tested in okay. on okay. on Wednesday out at the track. So yeah, that that domino's already fallen and um yeah, that that'll be a good good move for him and a good chance for him to uh compete for a championship next year and to run the Indy 500 for the first time.
4: So there's also always the rumor around James Henscliffe. I mean, he's a great guy. I'm a super fan of him and I love talking with him, but he's always in that mixed up conversation, you know, do I have a full-time ride for does he have a confirmed full-time ride with Andretti? Uh, going into next year?
6: Uh, he does not. He is out at Andretti, and um, he's got to get some money behind him. But more than likely, I think you'll see him in the 500. You'll see him in a race at Toronto. Uh, but you'll probably see him mostly in the in the TV booth or doing the SRX series. You
4: know, and look- you know, the, things happen to different drivers for various different reasons. And, you know, he was certainly, you know, headed in the right direction, had that terrible wreck here in Indianapolis. We we remember that he came in up from the Indy Lights uh, rolling and kind of took in after Danica Patrick in the GoDaddy car. He really became an instant fan favorite, especially at the track. And, and, you know, it just went, you know, it had one success after another. Then all of a sudden, it seemed like almost, even though it, it probably wasn't overnight, that that made it a complete about-face and went into the other direction. And it's had a hard time maintaining the full-time ride, sponsorships, and everything else. Is there anything that we can point to or equate to to that with James Hinchcliffe? Because he does have success, p- podium success on, on the track. He's a fan favorite. So if you're a sponsor, you got to like that. And if you're going to – I mean, it's going back to Danica Patrick, who was a fan favorite but never won a race, really, to speak of, but what still remains one of the top names in racing. Can we can we point to something that may have had with James Hinchcliffe on the on this scenario? Well, I mean,
6: kind of Andretti Autosport as a whole. You're just kind of like, wait a minute, what? Because Alexander Rossi had some bad luck. Uh, you know, Rossi's had some luck, had some bad luck, but Colton Herta was dominant. Won the last two races. Won three races this year. So. You almost got a question ready as a whole. There were some rumors that James Vinson was kind of racing injured, had some had an off season injury that kind of got swept under the rug. Uh, That was never confirmed nor denied.
4: Uh, But you're right; he is a fan
6: favorite. That's why I think he will be in the NFL 500, and that's why I think that um, you know. At the end of the day, you got to have results, and the results just haven't been there.
4: Tony here with the Tony D Podcast joins us today to help us uh, break down NASCAR and IndyCar funny season and helping us understand the very best uh, trick-or-treat candy out there. Tony, what are you guys working on?
6: Yeah, we've got some big things coming up. But uh, If you want to read a recap of the uh, of the test with Grosjean and Jimmy Johnson, it's on TonyDIndy.com. And uh, we'll just get ready to uh, see what happens with this Pacer season coming up. See if the Colts can itch back to five hundred with the Ravens coming or going to Baltimore on Monday, and we'll just keep on rock and rolling and having a good time.
4: Hey, I saw you were having a good time with our friend John. It was good to see you out there with him again.
6: Yeah, uh, nice to see J and I'd like to go out and, and listen to his show and, and support him as always.
4: Yeah, he's great. Uh, certainly uh, have a lot of history there with that show, and so it was really good to see you hanging out with him. Tony, you have yourself a good weekend. We appreciate you joining us.
6: Hey, take care, enjoy
4: all right, Tony Tony the Tony D Podcast joins us. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network with Ed Gratz jumping right into the NFL talk and did I tell you that he's our official NFL contributor, not NASCAR contributor, We're right back right here on- on the fuck a man by double. Time.
2: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
0: When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, Swedish techno confusing.
3: Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Mm.
0: Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm
1: yelling and screaming and I'm loud.
0: makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives?
4: I'm not
5: even upset about anything! Morning face You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda.
4: All right, welcome back to the balance, final quarter of the show. Uh, thank you, Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast, for uh, breaking down uh, the uh, IndyCar funny season and NASCAR. Uh, and, uh, I did the Han Solo, uh, version of the, uh, college football today. Rick is out on the boat. Joining us now, Ed Kratz, our official NFL contributor and, and beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Ed, how are you, sir?
3: I'm great, Tom.
4: Happy weekend. You too. I don't know if you heard the beginning part of the show in my, my opening dialogue, I've I now made you my official NASCAR contributor, too, so it's kind of been the ongoing joke today. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't know All how much right. rely know. on Ed to be our, our NASCAR uh, guy. I think he knows their cars to go fast, and they go around and <laughs> <laughs> they're that's, out.
3: That's about it. Yeah, you summed it up. An yeah, that's about it.
4: Well, i I tell you what. It's October. Welcome to October, right? Well, second weekend. That's, October, right. I guess. Yeah. that's right. That's right.
2: Well, well, get closer and
4: closer yeah. to trick or treat. So one of the topics we've had today is best trick or treat candy. What's the best trick or treat candy you go
3: to trick or treat candy? Oof. Well, you know I I love a good Snickers bar. Um, oh yeah, that's probably my favorite. Um, you know, and I like the Reese cups and the Milky Way. That would probably be my top three: Snickers, Reese cup, Milky Way. Did you
4: see the? Uh, uh... The state map For trick or treat candy
3: No I didn't
4: Okay I don't know if I got it I pulled up here okay yeah I got it here Hold on a second let's see where Pennsylvania Falls in at um, Let's see Pennsylvania falls in uh, Twizzlers believe it or not More people in Pennsylvania Like Twizzlers yeah
3: You know yeah. You're not a candy corn fan? <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, I do like candy corn. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. good. Absolutely, there will be a. Yeah, I'll go through a couple I bags think, uh, in the next few weeks here.
4: I think there's a movement, especially among younger people, to get totally get rid of candy corn. I like candy corn, but I have to admit, I like to mix it with the peanuts. That's where real, real, oh. real candy corn uh, comes at. Uh, uh, my favorite. I like the Reese's. I like all those. But any anything that I can rip and, and, and grab and put in my mouth in one bite, I'm, I'm good for. Uh,
3: but I like the
4: Milky Way. Uh, but uh, I, I've always liked those Oreo cookies with the orange in the middle. And, you know, every year they do a different design on them. Yeah.
3: So right.
4: we typically get our stuff offline and just go pick it up at Kroger or whatever. They don't have them. So how can you not have it? you got every other kind of trick-or-treat stuff and you don't have the, the Oreo cookies. So we're going to be out and about today doing some other stuff, but part of my mission is to find some of those Oreo cookies. You know, Halloween is coming. <laughs> Halloween is coming. Oh, good up. luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get some candy for the kids. You know, that's that's my excuse. You know, for some reason the the balance the ratio of kids that come for trick or treating to the amount of candy I buy always outweighs. I don't have any kids around here, so I can't feed it to the dog. So. Oh, I I live such an
3: unfortunate life. Well, yeah, you can't let it go to waste. You know, you're going to have to uh, somehow, you know, plow through it on your own, I guess. You know, you don't want to throw any of that out. That's right. Well,
4: it's certainly October brings yeah. uh, the month of my birth. Also, uh, if that wasn't any better, we've got uh, the the World Series. What a great game that was last night against San Francisco and the Dodgers. Certainly, uh, I, from the, the Cardinals aspect of it, it was good to see uh, San Francisco get that get that beat. It's always exciting to get into the playoffs. But also, Halloween around the corner. All a big, big theme here. Uh, things uh, get scary and distracting here in week five. Uh, again, things need to start coming together. Real quickly, let's give it the, the two minutes worth of fame that, that I've already given it to the show But because you're the NFL guy. Urban Meyer distraction. The distraction, uh, we, we, we titled this show uh, Urban Meyer Puts a New Spin on the Hot Seat. For a lot of reasons, a lot of different reasons. The distraction, he should be on the hot seat because he's a rookie head coach. He's been a legend in in the coaching world forever. He was one of the most sought-out coaches, and he's undefeated going into week five. That should be what we're talking about as far as him being on the hot seat. But we're talking about him and uh, some decisions that he made in a bar that maybe he shouldn't have made. He put himself in a bad position. His wife came out publicly supporting him said, hey, we're all sinners. We've all done wrong. That sort of thing, as you would think that his wife Shelly, would do. Um, I, I, I think that I, I like social media. We all use it and to as a tool, but it becomes a, a point. If there was the back in the day when we didn't have social media, someone may have started the rumor, "Hey, I saw Urban Meyer at a bar and you know mess around with some woman," and that would have been the end of it. But for it to take up the press conference time space. in a a Jacksonville Jaguar news uh, conference is a little over the top. So I'm going to let you give him his two minutes worth of fame and we're going to
3: move on. Urban Meyer, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, there's no going back to those days where it's, you know, just somebody seeing you in a bar and saying, Oh, I saw Urban Meyer, you know, fondling a younger woman. And then, you know, then you put the fire out from there, you forget about it. You know, we're not going back to that. It's uh. You know, it's a cell phone society where you can video this stuff and uh, you know look at other people's private moments. But um, yeah, as far as Urban Meyer goes, I don't think obviously it wasn't a good look. And you know, I can understand his wife forgiving him. You know, you look at his bank account. I'm sure that has something to do with it (laughs) too. You know, um, quite sure. (laughs) Yeah, but, yeah, you're right. He hasn't won a game yet. Uh, You know, the Jags have lost 19 in a row, which to me is just amazing. How how tough would that be to be a Jacksonville Jaguars fan when, Mm -hmm. you know, you've gone, you know, a a year plus without winning a game? It's just amazing. Um, You know, you hoped he would turn it around. He had his quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, but you see, you know, he just doesn't seem to have it all figured out. You know, he has pretty good defensive players that aren't playing very big roles, it seems. Um, you know Josh Allen the defensive end and you know there's some others that just are not very impactful Um, so yeah I mean his on the field stuff has been really where the focus should be and he just hasn't done obviously a really good job you know you should at least have one win you have a rookie quarterback how is he developing you know and he and it doesn't seem to be I mean I I like Trevor Lawrence I think he's going to be pretty good but You know, I I just think, you you know, you have a pretty good offense there and you should be able to find a way to win at least one game and get off this schneid. And then his decision-making off the field with him going, you know, staying behind in Ohio. This isn't college anymore where, you know, you can say, oh, I'm going to recruit, I'll see you back on campus. Mm -hmm. I mean, your job and your responsibility is to to be with your players, win, lose, or draw. If you want to go to Ohio, then go on your own time. I know it was a Thursday night game, but – if you want to go to Ohio that badly, then, you know, fly back with the team and fly back Friday. I know it sounds like an inconvenience, but, you know, there's eight or nine road games per year, uh, you know, depending on how that 17th game falls on your schedule. So it's not asking much to be with your team. I mean, you're the captain of the ship. You know, you mm-hmm. have to stay on the ship. You can't say, hey, I'll see you back at, you know, in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, to me, Uh, You know, that's kind of a dereliction of duty, and that's where I, you know, kind of hold him accountable on that is he just – he shouldn't have done it. I mean, even if he went and stayed in Ohio and and didn't uh, get into any trouble, I just think he should – and we wouldn't have heard about it that he stayed behind probably, but it wouldn't have been a big deal. But I I think if you're the coach of a team, you need to be with your players win, lose, or draw uh, when you return from a road game, no doubt.
4: You know, absolutely. I I do applaud Trevor Lawrence. So I think, you know, right now at Jacksonville, it would appear that his talent's being wasted. Uh, I would be kind of frustrated if I was Trevor Lawrence. I know he's doing the the game face and supporting the team and supporting the coach as he should. Uh, But, you know, I, I think what we need to be talking about is Urban Meyer on the hot seat at Jacksonville, not on the hot seat in some bar. Honestly, it matters not to me. Now it would be different if he was getting caught up in the Me Too movement, if there was something, you know, a uh, uh, is going on there that we shouldn't go on. That would be a different story. But it, it kind of sounds like, hey, he met up with a girl at a bar. Guys do what guys do, and he just got caught doing what guys do. And we'd probably be surprised at how often that really does happen. It just happened to come out with, with Urban Meyer. Let's talk about the Eagles. I mean, I, I have no room to talk about it being a frustrated fan. Right now I'm on cloud nine. That could change a lot on Monday, <laughs> but we got, a great, we got mm-hmm. our, our first win. But I know as, as you cover the Eagles and you, and you know the fan base and how, and how driven they are and how loyal they are, uh, they're seeing a team in front of them that really on paper has the ability. But they're not living up to their potential. And maybe you can, you can explain why that is, but certainly Andy Reid comes at home, gets, gets a good win after a, a bad loss, out in San Francisco, uh, you know, you guys had back-to-back losses, and you, you got the Panthers tomorrow in Charlotte. I know you're flying out there tonight. Oh, by the way, there's a NASCAR race uh, there this weekend if you want to catch that out there while you're out there just to <laughs> brush up on your NASCARs.
3: <laughs> They're at the Charlotte. Is Roma. that today? Uh,
4: it's That's, today and today
3: tomorrow. tomorrow. It's today okay. and tomorrow. Yeah.
4: There's the Xfinity All race right. today, later today, and then there's the. Uh, NASCAR race tomorrow which would interfere with game time so we'll, we'll let you do, yeah. well, do the game set
3: so the Eagles I, are, I are say, on the road I, against I, 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 go I, ahead. I was going to say I don't, I don't think there's any need to go to a NASCAR race I don't know if you've ever been to that Charlotte area but you know they, they drive like it's a NASCAR race down there I mean yeah, it's really do. those highways <laughs> I mean you know you got well, the you at 80, 80 miles an hour yeah. and you got to get over and they fly I mean it's like a NASCAR race when you whenever you get on the interstates down there so you know, I'll be I'll be living that that NASCAR life. I don't need to go watch it. <laughs> well, there must that must be
4: one of the reasons that they chose Charlotte to be their head their, their world headquarters for NASCARs in in Charlotte. So it's probably part of it. Play the Panthers, yeah. my granddaughter's favorite team. Her favorite player is on the yeah. sideline, and, and he's also on the sideline for my my Panthers. Uh, I mean, for my fantasy uh, she's still wearing the Christian the jersey even though he's not playing disappointment there but that could be a Achilles heel for the Panthers that uh, the Eagles could uh, manipulate and, and you would think probably could get a good win on the road even though Sam Darnold you got to look at the but you talk about a night and day quarterback uh, who he was before the Panthers and who he is after the Panthers. I mean, really a fun quarterback to watch. Eagles and Panthers, uh, I know you guys, you've been uh, prepping for this. Tell me what's going on in the in the Eagle War Room and how are they getting ready for the Carolina Panthers tomorrow? Uh,
3: yeah, well, I'll start with Stan Darnold. I mean, he does look like a different quarterback away from Adam Gaze and the New York Jets. And, you know, the offensive coordinator there is Joe Brady, who came from LSU and who – got some head coaching interviews last year, including with the Eagles. So, you know, he, it, it looks like Brady, if he keeps playing, you know, if Garner keeps playing like this for Brady and this offense continues to, you know, put points on the board and control time of possession, that's one thing Carolina does well. They lead the league in time of possession at 35 minutes a game. Um, if they continue to do that, I would think Brady would be in the conversation for a head coaching job next year. But as far as this game goes, yeah, the Eagles, are, are really up against it here, one and three. And if, if ever there was kind of a must-win game, I know, I know there's an extra game this year, 17 of them. But, listen, they, they're one and three. They've lost three in a row. Maybe some of the expectations were, were heightened a little bit after their opening win over the Falcons, 32 to six. Uh, but th- it doesn't get any easier because then they turn around in four days and, they're, you know, Tampa Bay comes here, the Super Bowl champs. So, you know, you got Carolina Sunday, Tampa Bay on Thursday, and then you have to go out to Vegas. Uh, a much improved Vegas team. So if if you're looking for wins in these next three weeks, it, it looks like tomorrow's got to be the one, in my opinion. And to do that, like I said, they need to, uh, you know, get, get Carolina into some third and longs. The Chiefs converted nine of ten third downs last week, but a lot of them were, uh, you know, I think, six or seven were third and three or less. So, They have to do a better job on first and second down, stopping the run. Carolina's going to want to run. They're probably going to be without Christian McCaffrey. But I like this rookie, Chuba Hubbard. They have uh, Rodney Smith and Royce Freeman. I mean, they've got some guys that can carry the ball. And, you know, they work a pretty nice short passing game. And then they try to free up D.J. Moore, who's one of the best receivers in the league, in my opinion. I mean, I think he does a great job of, you know, putting up numbers and scoring touchdowns. Uh, so you're going to have to be aware of where he is on the field, but for the Eagles, they have to do a better job early in, in the series on first and second down to mm-hmm. put the Panthers in a third and long, so, you know, Carolina's playing well, but you look at their schedule, they haven't really played, you know, last week they lost to the Cowboys, but, you know, they have wins over the Jets and, and Houston Texans, who are a combined what, two and six, and they beat the Saints, who aren't the same team, obviously, without Drew Brees, so, you know, the Eagles are no great shakes, but, you know, if you look at that schedule Carolina has played, it really hasn't been, you know, filled with world beaters, where as you look at the Eagles, they've had to play the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Chiefs. Um, you know, that's, that's tough sledding right there. So maybe it lightens up a little bit with Carolina tomorrow. Um, I, I think they need to get a win. Otherwise, they could be staring at, you know, a 1-6 start, and then the schedule gets a little bit easier. But still, 1-6 is going to be tough for a young coaching staff uh, to kind of dig out of and keep keep veterans kind of focused on hey we're still only 7 games in we're not even at the halfway point but 1 and 6 man you you're just not feeling good about yourself if if that happens so they need to get a win i don't i think yeah. it's going to be tough but you know they have to find one somehow
4: they they do it doesn't
3: get any easier as it's a short week for you uh you got the buccaneers
4: at home i mean we we could Talk briefly about the homecoming uh, of, of Tom Brady. It ended exactly as we thought it was going to end. I mean, what a spectacular end. We we cannot say how great of a football god that Tom Brady is anymore. He's coming to to the Eagles, so you, you got to be looking ahead at that. But I wouldn't be focused on that game right now. I'd certainly be focused on the, on the Panthers uh, tomorrow. I'll probably be watching that as we've got the Monday night game. So uh, a little bit more flexible on what – what we watch. Let's talk a little bit around the league. Just talk, just talking with Ed Kraft, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Yeah, let's let's talk about what's going on around the league. Well, we we've got to talk about the Raiders, and unfortunately, we got another off field thing. But we we look at something that happened, and I don't know if you, you if you're up to speed on this. Um, uh, I you don't even know if the NFL can discipline John Gruden for his 2011 email. Because he wasn't part of the nfl at that time he was a part of a private organization that he's no longer a part of so i don't know what the fallback that the nfl can do but again uh we're in a situation where things are blown out of proportion and did you happen to see that email from 2011 uh against john gruden
3: yes i i did see it you know and that was quite a quite a few years ago you know 10 years ago i think 2011 yeah. when it came, out. it doesn't excuse it, obviously, but you know it is being made into a big deal, and you know why now? You know why ten years later, when this so, so many things have changed in this country, uh, you know as far as that goes. So I, I don't know. I, I you're right. I don't think the NFL can do anything um, because he wasn't a member of the NFL. I mean, just give him a stern reprimand, and it, you know it's an embarrassing look for Gruden. But you know, I, I think it's being made too much of a big deal, to be honest.
4: I do too, and like you said, we were in a different place in our world in 2011.
3: Right.
4: You know, and a lot of things have come to light, and, and uh, people said things in 2011, and people didn't really get all worked up about it. And and you know, I I don't want to get into the political discussion of the woke culture, uh, but it, it you know it's changed, and it's changed for both good, bad, and indifferent. And, and so the, he's the coach of the Raiders. Let's let him coach the Raiders uh we'll see what happens we got a game over the pond we got early morning games tomorrow and get to wake up with coffee and football jets and falcons both good matchups you know you can't you can't say anything about a home team advantage there but it seems like that uh just from what i've been seeing that, that, that there's a lot of jet fans in london uh so across the pond the jets and the falcons what are your
3: thoughts sir well, I don't know if you watch Ted Lasso, but you know that Tottenham Spurs Stadium where they're playing—it it, you know it's kind of cool because Ted Lasso <laughs> refers to you know Tottenham Stadium. If you haven't seen that show, Tom, you really should watch it. It's fantastic. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think my thoughts on that is you know the Jets—they they got a big win last week. You know they they played a Titans team at the right time that didn't have a lot of the receivers, and you know Tannehill couldn't find guys open, so. Uh, the Jets did a nice job. It was a good win for them. You hope, well, you know, maybe they can build on it. If you're a Jets fan, you hope they can. And the Falcons, you know, continue to kind of limp along. Uh, two first-year head coaches, Arthur Smith in Atlanta, uh, Robert Saleh in, in New York going over to England. Long way to go to play a game. But, uh, you know, it, it should be interesting. It's it's football at 930 with coffee and crimpets or whatever you eat. <laughs> uh <laughs> So, you know, I'll have it tuned in probably. I'll be probably heading over to the stadium in, in Charlotte tomorrow morning at some point. So I might have that on in the in the press box watching a little bit of it. But, yeah, I think it's a good – It's a, It's. I think it's an even matchup, to tell you the truth. I think, you know, uh, I want to see Zach Wilson play a little bit. I haven't really seen him uh, play much this year. You just kind of look at his stats and see some highlights of him. So, you know, kind of pay attention to him. And, you know, Atlantic I think is going to be without Calvin Ridley, their best receiver, which is – you know, uh, it's going to hurt them, but you know, find a find some open space and they can feed him the ball, uh, and maybe he can have a big game.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It'll be a good day, game for Bloody Marys and
3: Mimosas, right?
4: <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah,
3: that's that's the yeah, that's the American way, right
4: there. Yeah, <laughs> there's the American way. <laughs> Patriots at the Texans. Texans. Oh my God! Total embarrassment. Forty to zero against the Bills. We knew the Bills were good, but they just totally abolished the Texans last week. Patriots looking to uh, bounce back after that disappointing loss to uh, Tampa Bay and uh, TB. You know, my brain just went there. TB and TB. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. My brain literally just yeah. went there, you know. But yeah. the Patriots looking for a good win. Texans needing to win at home. <laughs> Am I disappointed in that they're in the AFC South and, our, and, and, and we're, if, if we win one and we actually are in the mix of, of being in the division? You know, I, I, who cares about anything else? If we win the division, we're going to the playoffs. That's all I can about. Let's just win the division. Uh, and, you know, what a game that was with the Titans and, and the Jets last week in, in, in the overtime. So it really put us in a good mix. Uh, to, to, to And we know Jacksonville's not going to do anything. Uh, so the Patriots and the Texans, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, well, you can throw the Texans in there. You know, they're not going to do anything either. Um, you know, they're just not a very good team. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned TB. It's still weird when you think in the wing one without Tom Brady. Um, it is. It, it, it's just a strange thing and it takes some getting used to. But, you know, the Patriots are scuffling at one and three. They need a win. and I, I don't see how the Texans are going to beat them. I, I really don't. I think the Patriots will win the game. Um but yeah, I think that you're, you know, as far as the Colts go, playing in that division, I mean, you're you're lucky that you have Texans and Jags in that division because it's going to be between you know the Colts and the Titans, I think, for the for the division title, and it's certainly doable for the Colts. I know they're off for the slow start and everything, but um, long year, seventeen games. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of up and down with Carson Wentz, but now he may be settling in. You know, he didn't have much of a training camp with the foot. Uh, you know, there's uh, he, he, a lot of controversy with the, you know, being unvaccinated. But, you know, you hope now that he's settling along, you put some of these speed bumps behind you uh, and you can find a way to get on a little bit of a roll and, and be in, uh, in the mix there for the division title. But uh, it's going to be between you and the Titans. So, you know, the Jets yeah. did, the tit- did the Colts fans a big favor last week by, by beating them. The Jets did. Right. And as the Bears did the Lions a favor
4: by beating them last week, uh, because
3: oh.
4: according to Rick, they're just one step closer to that first-round draft pick, which they may screw up in the yeah, first place. That's... But the, the Lions got the Vikings. <laughs> I don't look for them to get a win. Maybe that would be great for them to get their first win on the road against the Vikings. But what are your thoughts, Lions-Vikings?
3: Yeah, I mean, the Vikings, you know, they need a win, just like the Lions need a win, division game. Uh you know, look, the Lions have had some, you know, they played some teams pretty good this year, and, you know, maybe they can do that again with with Minnesota, you know, Dan Campbell's still looking for that first win, um, you know, in Detroit, but I I think the Vikings will will find a way. Uh, Their running game is is pretty solid, Um, you know, and Kirk Cousins has the weapons, and I think Thielen, and and, uh, of course, Jefferson, so I'm surprised, to be honest, Minnesota's at one and three. I thought they'd be a little better at this point but again it's early you know they could turn things around too and I think they will against the Lions
4: you know we talk about the Jaguars being uh, not having to win they've got the Titans at home there's no bold prediction here Titans are going to just come in and get a win and check off a box there and Jaguars are going to lose again is there any silver lining in this game that we need to talk about is there any bold predictions that you think will happen
1: (laughs)
3: <laughs> well i thought it was interesting i don't know if you saw the clip earlier in the week when they the, the jags broke the huddle before practice and they said grind and then they all kind of cracked up you know the little inside joke grind with uh oh. you know urban meyer got it <laughs> that's a got that's it how they broke the nice huddle grind so yeah i don't see any you know i mean look Tennessee smarting from that loss and i think they'll probably have aj brown and maybe julio i'm not sure what the designations are for them tomorrow. But, um, you know, if they're, if they're at full strength, they shouldn't have any problem. Now, again, listen, I thought the Jags played the, pace, the Bengals pretty tough. They're coming in off of a, a 10-day rest here, um, but it wasn't very restful when the controversy that your head coach has created. So if they will to yeah. find a way to win, that would be a pretty monumental upset, but I, I just don't see it. You know, the Browns and the Chargers, two
4: teams going in a very good direction but i like Justin Herbert i like the chargers um the browns are doing they're doing everything they need to do they're in control of their division they have a very good chance of getting into the playoffs but the chargers have a very good chance of going into the super bowl it, it, the the chargers are at home Justin Herbert is on fire I, I i i hate to say that the browns are going to get a win here but it's going to be it's going to be a hard hard fight if they do get one
3: Yeah, it's a good game. Um, I think it's the four, you know, four o'clock game. But the the Browns' defense is really, really good. Miles Garrett leads the league with six sacks. Um, You know, it's a really good defense, and the Chargers are a very good offense. So that's going to be a good contrast to styles there to see, you know, who can kind of assert their will on the other one. But. You know, as far as the Browns, I mean, that AFC North. I think you have all. You have three of the four teams are sitting at three and one. You know, so that's that's pretty good uh, division right there. Uh, you know, the Steelers I think are bringing up the rear at one and three. They don't look like they're going to be much of a factor this year. But um, that Browns and that Chargers game, that's a big one. Um, I, I, I like. You know, I love defense. Uh, something we haven't seen a lot of in Philadelphia the last two weeks, to be honest. But I've always liked a good solid defense. It might not make for the most exciting game, but uh, I always like I always think defenses will find a way to stop a good offense. And I and I think that's gonna be the case with the Browns and so I would go all in on the Browns defense and figure out, you know, and think that they have a way to win. Playing I think they're playing in SoFi Stadium in LA. That you know, yeah, it's yeah. not much of a home field advantage for the Chargers. I don't know how many fans have adopted them out there. Um, there there'll be plenty of Browns fans I'm sure. So I don't know how big a home field advantage that is, but uh It's always tough for a team to go across country to play and win, but I just – I think this Browns defense is really, really good, and we'll find a way to, uh, you know, keep Herbert in check. We're going into overtime real
4: quickly here. Got a couple more games to go before we wrap it up and put a bow on it. So we're in our podcast mode. Uh, So uh, we've got a couple more games to cover. Certainly the AFC matchup of the week uh, tomorrow night, the Bills, the Chiefs, both coming off good wins. Uh, the Bills, obviously, off a very good win at home at Arrowhead. That is a hard place to play in, in itself. Weather's going to be good, so that's not going to be a major issue with that, but that would never come into play with the Bills either. I don't outrule the Bills, but I, di- I still am not off the, the Chiefs uh, AFC
3: Championship train yet. So, Bills, Chiefs, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Chiefs looked like they hit their stride in Philadelphia last week, no doubt. I mean, the Eagles tried to, you know, play their coverage over the top so they didn't get beat on, you know, deep plays. And they did get burned for, I think, a 40-plus-yard touchdown to Tyree Kill. You know, they had three touchdowns. But, you know, the Chiefs had some nice long drives. You know, they, the Eagles took away some of that. You know, the Chiefs did a really good job taking what the Eagles gave them and moved the ball downfield on some pretty lengthy scoring drives. And they did it with running the ball with success. Uh, And they did it with their short passing game. And the the amazing thing is Travis Kelsey wasn't even a big factor uh, in that game. And, and, you know, so the the Chiefs are able to win kind of without him. So, uh, to me, it looks like they're hitting their stride at the right time. And you could say the same thing about the Bills. You know, that shutout they had against the Texans. I don't know how how great shakes that is against the Houston team that, you know, has Davis Mills, a quarterback. But it's still a shutout. It's hard to do in the NFL. Um, But I just think Kansas City is going to be rocking. I think, you know, they snapped their two-game losing streak in Philadelphia. It looks like they're hitting their stride. Um, But obviously I think that's where the AFC championship runs through Kansas City still. Uh, And the Bills have to go in there and show that they can find a way to win the game because they may see each other again in January in the AFC championship game. So uh, it would help them if they can find a way to win or at least play it close kind of figure out a way to slow Mahomes down. I mean, he does things with his arm and his legs. He's just so tough. And they're going to have Josh Gordon, I think. He was activated uh, off the pup list after they signed him. That gives them yet another weapon. Um, But I think playing in Arrowhead Stadium is a real big task for the Bills. And I know they did – I think they played him in the playoffs pretty well last year, so they know what it takes. Uh, But I just think Kansas City – they impressed the heck out of me last week, and I know it was only against the Eagles, but they still, what what the way they were able to do without having Kelsey involved and being able to move the ball slowly down the field, not hitting the big play all the time like they like to do, uh, that showed me another level to this offense that I think, you know, I hadn't seen before. So I think Kansas City's going to win.
4: So tomorrow, big game of the week for the Colts, uh, coming off a big win. I say big win. It was just the Dolphins, but it was a win. Anytime you get your first win after going 0-3, uh, it's a big win. Uh, so we'll just, we'll just, we'll just uh, bask in that victory there. Uh, Carson Wentz seemed to be doing okay. Uh, you know. And so, but we, we talk about the schedules, and we, we've looked at these schedules. and This is one game on Monday night. One, you're on Monday night. Two, you've got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. At home at M&T, uh, and you know you just can't afford for any mistakes. And we've we've had our issues. I mean, I know Jack Doyle is is didn't practice because of rest. Ryan uh, Ryan Kelly, uh, the, the 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 center uh, that's really been a, a huge asset. The Carson Wentz, uh, Ryan Kelly uh, has a groin issue, uh, so he's doubtful uh, to play. Uh, so Jordan Wilkins has a non-football illness, whatever that is, so he didn't practice. So we have – we're kind of banged up. That's just to say it lightly. So I was very impressed, even though it was just the the Dolphins. I was very impressed with the way that the Colts were able to control the game against Jacoby Brissett. It would have been an embarrassing loss if that would have happened. But the Colts, I believe, are flying out this afternoon or in the morning uh, to Baltimore to play at M&T on Monday night. Uh certainly Lamar Jackson's a, a huge weapon and a beast. They've got to figure out a way to stop this defense and for, to control this game early and control it fast and and throughout the game or it's gonna get out of hand and get ugly real quick. What are your thoughts? My Colts and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh
3: yeah, I mean it was I, I think one of the keys to your win last, to the Colts' win last week was you know, finding the running game. You know, it was nice to see Jonathan Taylor kind of get on track mm-hmm. and think he had over 100 yards. And, you know, Carson only had to throw the ball, you know, 30 or whatever it was, 31, 32 times. Uh, that, that's when he's at his best, and, and we saw that here in Philadelphia. I don't think his record uh, is very good when he throws the ball 45-plus times a game. You really need need to operate a balanced offense with Carson Wentz. I think that makes him more effective. It was nice to see him lead his offense to a, a game where they scored over 17 points. I think he had played eight straight games where, you know, he hadn't taken a team over seven, 17 points. So, you know, that streak is broken. But to, for him, you, you need to keep running the ball here. And, you know, that Ravens defense is still pretty good. Um, it's going to be a handful to run. But I, I don't think you should abandon it. And, put it all on Wentz's shoulders. I just, you know, he's won games where he's thrown over 45 times. I can't remember what it was. We wrote about it all the time when he was here in Philadelphia that, you know, he's just not as effective when he has to throw the ball an awful lot. So you got to keep that run game going. Um, And, you know, even if the Ravens are going to shut it down or, you know, limit you, you still have to hand the ball off um, and, and not give up on it. And, you know, Frank Reich, I think, does a good job with that. Hopefully he'll stick with that. Uh, kind of game plan. Maybe Carson throws the ball 35 times and, and you run the ball maybe 30 plus times. To keep it in balance. Um, but that Ravens, you know, you're going to have to find a way to match up with Lamar Jackson. It's not good. I think Darius Leonard's got the ankle injury. You know, he's fast and speedy and you could use him as a spy on on, uh, on Jackson. Uh, but I don't know if he has the quickness to keep up with him Monday night because of that injury. So, you know, obviously that offense runs through him. You're going to have to find a way to, you know, keep him from breaking games open with his legs and then beating you with the arm. That's that's a tall task. And, you know, the Ravens are uh, trying to stay in that AFC uh, East race there with those mm-hmm. other teams that – sitting at 3-1, and one, so a big game for them. Uh, for the Colts, when you say the schedule, you look to next week, you have a little bit of a breather with the Texans coming in. So, Great. you know, that's nice on a short week, but then I think you have the 49ers and then I, I can't remember beyond that, but uh, you know, I think it's another good oh, I think it's the Titans. So, you know, this this would be a good game to get and then you get another one next week and the next thing you know, you're sitting at 500 heading uh, up against the, the 49ers and the Titans. So, going to be tough uh you know on the road but listen i i think the colts can build off that momentum last week i think they have their game plan in place with the run game and if they can do that they'll find a way to to keep it close and maybe win this thing at the end
4: well, one of the things is uh, that we know about Baltimore is they have a historic rush. They're on a historic rushing streak, so they've got to snap that if they, if they even stand a chance of winning. But you're right. If we could get a win uh, on, on Monday, and then we turn around, and we get the win against the Texans. You know that puts us in a really good good position. And then, of course, if we could turn around and beat the Titans. You know, there was a time when we owned the Titans. We beat them every single time we played them. And it just it's it's not been the same in the, in the last uh, couple of years. Ed Kraft, beat rider for the Philadelphia Eagles, our official NFL contributor, not NASCAR contributor, uh, but he is headed to Charlotte today. <laughs> if that counts for anything. So I think, are you going to grab me a bag of a uh, of uh trick or treat candy for the
3: for the plane ride? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll let me bring it in. I, you know, uh, they may not. Maybe. I don't know what the rules on that anymore. Uh, well, you can't. You know, hopefully inside there's a little convenience store where you can pick up some snacks usually I'm a big lifesaver guy on an airplane you know I like these nice. lifesavers like popcorn so um I'll, I'll pick up my lifesavers and just wait until I get back uh this week I'll get back Monday and then maybe I'll hit my Halloween uh start building yeah. that Halloween candy stash building building the stash up but that's that's for sure well uh yeah
4: Ed, any final words or wisdom for us, sir uh
3: Gosh, I, I don't think so. You know, that whole Urban Meyer thing we covered, uh, you know, that's, it's always something in the NFL, right? I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's week to something. week something always happens. That's what makes it a, a fun product and what makes it a multibillion-dollar industry. Well,
4: even though you're playing against my second favorite team in the Carolina Panthers uh, and Christian McCaffrey is sitting out, I'm hoping for a win for you. I hope you have a good fight, sir. Thank you. Where can people find your your works and masterpieces, sir?
3: Uh, At Twitter, K-R-A-C-Z-E, or uh, at EagleMaven.com, or si.com slash NFL slash Eagles. A bunch of different ways if if you're so inclined.
4: We're going to be looking for a post uh, on the Eagle Maven about a win in Charlotte. All right. We'll see. (laughs) It's going to be
3: tough, but I love going down to Charlotte. I like the Panthers. I like that stadium. Uh it's a, it's a yeah, it's a good it's a Nice place to visit. So, uh, I'm looking forward to the trip.
4: All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Have a good weekend.
3: Thanks Tommy, too.
4: Ed Gratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and our official NFL contributor getting ready to head down to Charlotte this afternoon uh, as it's a business trip for him and the Eagles take on the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are going to try that hard to get another win, but at the same time, the Eagles need that win. Thanks uh, to myself for (laughs) leading the college football charge today. Give me a pat on the shoulder uh, there today as I was abandoned by Rick Rigginton as he goes out on his poncho boat one more day for the season. Also, our thoughts and prayers to the family of Adam. Uh, We we, we know what's going on there, so we appreciate you and all that you've done, and and our thoughts and prayers as a team uh, go out to you. Uh, Thank you, Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast uh, for breaking down NASCAR and IndyCar funny season. Of course, Ed Kratz beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Make sure you grab your Black Rifle coffee, Freedom Fuel. That's what I've got today. Uh, and uh, make sure you're following us on social media. If you're probably listening to us on the podcast right now, so just hit subscribe and like so that we know how awesome you are and you already know how awesome uh, that we are. That we are. Follow us on uh, uh, Facebook to balance. My name's Tom Marquis. I'm out of here. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. Deuces. Thank you.